Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There is something that I personally have a very low tolerance for. We all have pet peeves, and this is definitely one of mine. I am a huge proponent of people being real with me. I very much dislike it when people wear masks. And, and I'm not talking about the type that people have to wear you know, during COVID. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the kind of people where that you can't see the person that they are. We all know someone like this, someone that pretends to be someone that they aren't. So you'll think better of them, for instance. <laughs> we, we see this in church uh, oftentimes, and we see this uh, a lot in politics as well. And we see this in our personal relationships even. Uh, there is a name for this, and it's called symbolism over substance. Symbolism over substance is when someone's priority is how things look to others instead of how effective or real they are with others. They are more concerned about the optics of their actions instead of just how much good their actions will have. This article from graceisflowing.com talks about what this looks like in the church, for instance. And it says, there is a real danger within the church of something that is rarely talked about, but ultimately can cripple a body of believers. Jesus confronts it consistently. And it is what I call symbolism over substance. In the Gospel of Matthew, he gives the account of his conversation in 9, verse 9 through 13, and it is a fascinating study of how Christ goes after the heart of hypocrisy of symbolism over substance. And I, I really, truly believe it is a hypocrisy of symbolism over substance. So let, let me read the passage to you real quick here. It's Matthew 9, 9 through 13, and it says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners. But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick go and learn what, it, what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." This is a really interesting passage. Jesus goes straight to where Matthew was working and says two un uncomplicated words, follow me. While those two words are clearly simple, the implications behind them are enormous and life-changing. 
that call would forever change his life. Matthew went out and threw a banquet with all of his friends and co-sinners. I mean, co-workers. <laughs> Jesus sat and banqueted with them and no doubt spoke of the Father as he was always quick to do. And it would have been such a banquet like never experienced before. But the Pharisees absolutely blew a gasket. <laughs> Why? Why would they do that? Because of symbolism over substance. They reacted to what it looked like, the symbolism part, rather than what was really happening, the substance. It looked really bad for Jesus to sit with such sinners. To the Pharisees, it appeared to them that Jesus was giving some sort of approving wink at their sinful ways. And Jesus was doing nothing of the sort. This gathering of sinners got to see firsthand the power and the authority of the God-man who had just transformed one of their co-sinners. I mean, co-workers. But the Pharisees got all bent out of shape because of what it looked like. You see, they had worked hard to get rid of these sinners who had so corrupted their society. Now, Jesus was reclining with them. Churches can get into this mode. When their eyes are no longer on the real mission of the church, Jesus reminded the Pharisees of his own mission in 9.13 here. Christ declared, For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Which is, of course, added in, in Luke 5.32. Jesus' own mission was this substance of all that he was and all that he did for real sinners. The gospel is by nature substance. It is truth to be believed. The Bible is the substance, and we give ourselves to the truth of who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us. This symbolism, what it looks like, becomes more important than the substance of the gospel. Courage is lost. Love for others wane when this happens. Humility shrivels up and self-righteousness becomes the all-encompassing way of doing church life. The church cannot afford to, to pursue what it looks like. It must go for substance. It must find out what is true. In loving people, look past what their lives look like and how they appear to you. We very often carry our self-righteous standards and, and quietly lay them on people without them even knowing it. This is crippling to people who desperately need the gospel, mercy, and generous compassion. And it starts as a hairline fracture in the foundation when one person decides what obedience to God looks like in a given situation. This way slowly begins to find approval with others. Over time, this way becomes the law of the land, and the law then becomes tradition, and people approve the tradition. Over more time, it becomes a 
sacred tradition. Even the leadership meetings, uh, you know, space is given to the sacred tradition. And thus, it rises to the point of unquestionability. Elders' dis- decisions are made in keeping with the sacred t- tradition rather than what God's word says. It then becomes about who is right rather than what is right. It is like this huge snowball meandering down the the snow covered hill, and it grows over time, and it no and and no one stops it from growing, and it soon smashes into the structures and and cracks the foundations, and they implode. The church is left in shambles, and people are crushed. Between beneath the weight of something that should have never been that big in the first place. To be clear, there may be really nothing wrong with the first person's way of obedience in the given situation. The problem comes when it is wrongly um, evaluated to another level. It is elevated up to Uh, unchanged and ignored, or worse, even defended. How do you know if that sound you hear is the trembling snowball? (laughs) Jesus speaks to the Pharisees. Go and learn what this means, as we read in, in verse 13, which was a rabbinic formula that encouraged humble repentance for their lack of knowledge about what they should have known. He then points their hearts to a passage in Hosea that speaks of God's sweet mercy to the nation of Israel, pictured by the prophet's um, wayward wife, Gomer. God pursued them with steadfast love and mercy. The remedy to their self-righteousness is simply the grace of Christ at work in their hearts. Through the word of God, this is done. It is the grace that works into the people of God, a humble heart that learns, a will that filled with mercy and and, and emotions that are governed by truth. Yes, symbolism over substance can be destructive in the church, but it can also be just as destructive in government. On on Joe Biden's first day in office, he signed an executive order that put a stop to the Keystone XL pipeline. Here is a brief thumbnail of the issue of the Keystone pipeline. And you you may know this, you may not really know this, and it just kind of glasses over because you just don't have any interest in oil pipelines, right? (laughs) But in, in 2010, a privately funded pipeline was completed from Canada to transport raw crude oil from Canada to to various parts of the U.S., such as Illinois, uh, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Texas, that type of thing. For and and it was for refining into gasoline and other other products. This pipeline was called the Keystone Pipeline, and it's currently pumping right now about five hundred and fifty thousand barrels a day. And it was phase one of a multi-phase project. Now, phase two of this project was to build the the 1,200-mile privately funded Keystone XL pipeline and was designed to mirror 
the the original one, but instead provide a a direct route from the two cities of Hardesty, Alberta to Seal City, Nebraska. And it was to send 830,000 barrels a day down that pipeline. So not only was it to allow the oil to travel less of a distance, but it would carry more oil, in fact. Now, Barack Obama succumbed to pressure from special interest groups and and canceled the Keystone XL pipeline with an executive order. What this did, this caused our neighbors to the north to go to plan B. I mean, what would you do if you were Canada, right? And start developing plans to run another pipeline to the Pacific Ocean so that they could ship their oil to Russia for processing. Now, when Donald Trump became president and was elected, and the, 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 the pipeline was approved, and part of it was completed even. A thousand people were hired, with 12,000 people to still be hired. An, another approximately 70,000 supporting jobs were estimated to be necessary as well. And when Biden signed the executive order, all those current jobs and future jobs were lost in one swipe of his pen. So why would he do that? Despite the recent push to find renewable sources of of energy and move away from fossil fuels, the amount of oil produced in North Alberta alone is projected to double by 2030. Because these oil fields are landlocked, you know, they're, they're not surrounded by any kind of ocean or anything. They need a way to get the oil to the refineries and docks for shipping. It's, it's argued by some that by developing the oil sands and, and uh, fossil fuels um, will, be, will be, you know, readily available if, if this is done. I mean, obviously, we're sitting on a gold mine of oil here in the U.S., and so is Canada. And there is just a ton of oil out there. But it's fossil fuels, right? And the trend is toward, you know, warming of the atmosphere and 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 how we should get away from fossil fuels. And I, I mean, I can remember even when I was in school, how there was all of these all this doom and gloom because we only had so many years left of fossil fuels, and we we're going to completely run out. And then what are we going to do? And we need to, you know, do all this stuff to conserve. And, and that's why we had to go down to 55 miles an hour on the freeways and under, you know, Jimmy Carter and all this kind of stuff. And, and yet then when fracking came along and, and other uh, ways of abstracting that oil, uh, environmentally safe, by the way, then, then all of a sudden we realized we have a ton of oil and we have so much oil we don't know what to do with it all. And we were able to become independent from other countries because we were able to get at the oil that we had. We didn't have to, we didn't have to buy it from them at whatever they wanted to charge from the Middle East or whatever the case may be. And so Canada, the same way. And yet now what we're seeing is we can't get at that and we can't send it to our refineries. Why? Well, the fate of the pipeline and all of this is therefore held up 
as a symbolic and a symbol of, of America's energy future. So by, because Biden wants to be seen as someone who supports green energy, he can't do anything that would make him look bad. Even, it, even if it caused a loss of jobs and higher prices for everyone. So I come across this, uh, this article, uh, and it's in the uh, PJ Media uh, the other day from May 18th. And uh, Brian Preston wrote this uh, piece entitled, Biden, Russia can have a new pipeline, but America can't? <laughs> so I just it, it was intriguing, and, and particularly in light of what we're talking about here with uh, symbolism over substance. And it says here, it says, tell me again. Who's the Russian agent in the White House? For four years, just about every Democrat who got within spitting distance of a microphone accused Donald Trump of being Putin's stooge at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. The Mueller report disproved that. Facts didn't matter. The Democrats and the cable nets and their gas bag hosts went right along Nesting one lie inside another, inside another. Now, Trump is out. Joe Biden is in. Trump had approved the Keystone XL pipeline, which would have united Canada and the United States and enhance both countries' energy security, which, of course, enhances national security. Biden nixed the pipeline with an executive order on his first day in office. Environment, uh, environment czar John Kerry <laughs> famously told the workers Biden had summarily laid off to go get jobs making solar panels. But K- Kerry knew uh, those are not made by free Americans, but by slaves in China. Was Kerry telling American workers to enslave themselves to China's leader or merely telling them that he and and Biden would condemn them to having to, you know, economically uh, compete with slave labor? Because Biden wasn't about to rescind his Keystone uh, cancellation. Biden said he'd be tougher on Russia than Trump was. Like many things Biden said during the campaign, such as that he's a political moderate, that's not turning out to be the case. Axios reported he's wavering objections to a Russian pipeline to Germany. So, are, are you are you hearing what what this is what this is saying here? He's canceling the XL Keystone XL pipeline, and he yet he is lifting his um, support um, of, of sanctions on a pipeline from Russia to Germany. The Biden administration will waive sanctions on the corporate entity and CEO overseeing the construction of Russia's Nord Steam Stream 2 pipeline into Germany, according to two sources briefed on, this, on the decision. Well, why does this matter? Well, the decision indicates that Biden administration is not willing to uh, comprise its uh, compromise its relationship with Germany over this pipeline and underscores the difficulties President Biden faces in matching actions to rhetoric. 
on a tougher approach to Russia. So this plan move also sets up a bizarre situation in which the Biden administration will be sanctioning ships involved in the building of the Nord Stream 2, but refusing to sanction the actual company in charge of the project. (laughs) The big picture here is, as Axios has previously reported, the completion of the Nord Stream 2 would be a huge geopolitical win for Putin and give him substantial new leverage in Europe. The geopolitical politics of this are are not good. When you link it up to Biden's decision to cancel the Keystone and begin uh, strangling U.S. energy production on on federal lands, it's, it's even worse. Again, who's the Russian stooge in the White House? The president who made America energy independent and always prioritized prioritized America's interests around the globe or the president who returned America to energy dependence killed an international pipeline that would have benefited America and Canada and cut American energy production and then empowered Putin. You see, this is what we're talking about. This is exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to symbolism over substance. Look like you are an environmentally friendly politician by doing harm to our oil industry, but at the same time, help others around the world to do the very things you canceled here in the U.S. As long as you look good, that is all that matters, right? As long as you look like you're doing the right thing, it doesn't matter if you really are or not. So let me conclude with this. It reminds me of a time when I worked for a fast food restaurant. I only worked for one. (laughs) I know everybody has their their fast food time, right? When they're just getting going uh, in the workforce. And it was actually a part-time job. I was I was doing uh, an, another job trying to get it going, and um, and 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 so I needed to work evenings and 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 weekends some to uh, to be able to su- support the family. And so I I worked at a fast food uh, joint. And when I first started working there, the manager of the place uh, came to me and a couple others that were hired at the same time, and he said, "Okay." here's the deal. (laughs) He said, there are going to be times when it's really, really busy here. And he said, what I need you to do is I need you to come in. I need you to, you know, get your stuff. And I was delivering pizzas and uh, he said, I need you to get your stuff and you get your pizzas. I need you to get your, um, your addresses and, uh, and find it on the map and all the kind of stuff. I need you to do that as quickly as you can. I need you to go through and, and, and do all that stuff and, and, uh, and carry out your job. When it's not busy, because there's going to be times when you're you're not busy and, and orders aren't flowing in, I need you to not stand around. I, what I need you to do is I need you to look busy. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, there's lots of things that can be done around here. I mean, 
you know, the dishes could be being washed, the counters could be, you know, getting cleaned, the floors could be getting mopped or what, you know, trash be taken out. All this, all this type of stuff could be, could be being done. But what he's, what he was telling us was, you know, if that stuff gets done, it gets done. But you know what, what I need you to do is make sure that what the, the highest priority here is just simply to look like you're busy. I don't ever want to come out of my office. <laughs> he was the manager. I never want you to come out. Uh, I never want to come out of my office and take a look and see you do, doing nothing or, or at least look like you're doing nothing. You need to look like you're doing something. And this was to me the essence of symbolism over substance. You see, there's a lot of politicians and there's a lot of church going members that that they just want to be seen a certain way. They want to be liked by people. Whether if it's in the church, then it's, oh, hey, look at me. I am doing really good. Uh, there's there's nothing in my life that needs to be changed. Boy, am I on board. And 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 you need, you know, look look at how much I'm putting into the plate. And all, I mean, Jesus talks about this a lot, about how how this type of attitude is not something that he he's happy with. He talks about, you know, the Pharisees that love to be seen praying. You know, they, they go on the street corner and they pray out loud and they play, pray with these fancy things. And, and what are they getting? They're getting what they want. They're getting attention from people, but they're not getting attention from God because they're not praying to God. They're praying so that people can see them. They're putting on a show. There's a hypocrisy there. And the same thing happens with politicians. And we see Joe Biden right in with him. We see this, I'm going to do things for show, but they're going to have devastating effects on people's lives. But that's okay, just as long as I'm seen as the good guy, just as long as I'm seen as being environmentally friendly or whatever the case may be. These are not leaders. Leaders do not do that. Good leaders, leaders that we should be having in these positions, whether it be within the church, whether it be within politics, good leaders are doing things and making decisions based on what happens, what the the effects of those decisions are, and whether or not those decisions are good and, and helpful and positive, or their decisions that have repercussions. Good leaders do not prioritize symbolism over substance. They go directly to the substance. And now you may agree and you may disagree. I would definitely love to hear from you on this. Again, it's one of those pet peeves of, of mine. <laughs> so just would love to talk with you on it. Uh, uncommonsensepodcast.com is right where you can go. That's our website and you can support the podcast. Would love uh, to, to not only have a dialogue with you about it, um, but also have you support the podcast in any way you can. And again, thank you for listening. 